this is Simone, and I am the host of the Hair of the Dog podcast about my whole family story, and I received a lot of DMs. I was very surprised by how many people took the time to listen, synthesize, ask questions, so I wanted to do like a quick little questions and answers um, podcast and share some information Initially, I wasn't going to do this, but there is so much information related to my family's history and this whole case that I was worried that individual questions might get a little lost in the sauce. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it, just going to record it, and it might be something I do after every episode if people need clarification on things or if there's something they're interested in. I would love just to directly answer those questions, so keep them coming. I I think this will be a good format. But first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I was really blown away by the response, and I'm really grateful for anyone who who is listening and continues to listen. Um, Yeah, I, (laughs) I have no words. Like, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. This has been obviously a big impact on my life who I am as a human being continues to have a big impact so it's incredible to me that people find it interesting helpful one of the kindest dms I got was a thank you from someone sharing thank you for speaking so openly about narcissistic parents and being so candid about it and of course absolutely all day long I will be candid all day long maybe a little too candid but I really appreciate that and just I'm so grateful but I do have a list of questions that some people were like you know I'd really like to know this part that part so I'm just gonna go ahead and dive into those so the first question is this might be a hard question for me to ask but what happened to your dad's body directly after he died and I just want to uplift that ask any question Seriously, any question. I really pride myself on being a transparent, open person, so I will answer it. <laughs> like good, bad, ugly, I will answer it. I, yeah, value transparency, so don't feel bad or uncertain about asking me a question. Just ask because it is interesting information. So he passed away Sunday, October 10th, 2021, and he was cremated very quickly after death and there was not an autopsy so I have mixed feelings about that that may have been his wishes after he died I don't know that documentation has never been provided to me but what is weird about me about the whole thing is how quickly he was cremated and also my family's Catholic you know my father's Irish Catholic his family came from Ireland. Like they, he was a devout Catholic up until the end of his life. So I know, kind of ironic given his pattern of behavior, bless his heart, but he was a devout Catholic even at the end. So for example, at the end when he was in the hospital, when he was more himself and speaking more freely, they offered a chaplain service, kind of a non-denominational person. And my dad was like, no, I'm Catholic. I need a priest. I don't mean to be high maintenance, but I need a priest. So they had to do like a special thing where they brought a priest in to give my dad, you know, anointing of the sick. He may have received last rites at that time. He never confirmed that to me, but he did share with me that he was so happy 
that he had interaction with a priest at the end of his life and that it was very, very important to him. So if you're Catholic, the rules are a little more flexible now, but previously you weren't allowed to be cremated. You know, it's Catholic doctrine that your body has to essentially be together and just buried. Like that is just what Catholic people have always done. So it was strange to me that cremation was the method, especially him being a devout Catholic at the end of his life. And, you know, had he been a lapsed Catholic or I saw some distance between him and the church, I would have said maybe it's possible he wanted to be cremated. But that's one thing he and I did together. We went to Mass together. He was devout to the end of his life. You know, he would give me rosaries as presents, you know, so he was a very Catholic person. So it's strange to me that cremation was the method but I'm not saying that's not what he wanted because again I don't have that information the caregiver has access to that information Um, the funeral home is unable to give it to me because I'm not the executor of my father's will so it's one of those things where it's like it's possible I can't say categorically that was wrong I just don't know but that's a great question and I appreciate the ask and again ask me anything the next question how are you managing all of this? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it's like, it's one of those things. You just got to take it day by day, right? Some days are hard. Some days are easy. Um, it just really depends. It's very up and down. It's deeply emotional because it has to do with the death of my father. And he and I obviously had a very intense relationship. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot, you know. And grief in and of itself is complicated it's really dynamic and people always say you never know when grief is going to strike and that's true but then with this there's this added layer of this other stuff so I feel like I have been stifled in my grief process um, quite a bit actually but I feel like you know there's these pockets of time where I'm able to grieve and do things so again totally up and down. I'm always telling everybody I do not recommend (laughs) getting in a lawsuit, but this was so important because I'm concerned this could happen to somebody else. I'm concerned that it happened to my father. You know, despite all his faults, no one in a vulnerable state deserves to be financially exploited. So end story. It doesn't matter what he did in his life. He did not deserve financial exploitation like that. So I really appreciate asking I don't have the good answer of how I'm managing it because there's some days where I think I'm not managing it, you know? It's just take it day by day. I have a great support system and I'm really grateful for that. So great question. (laughs) Ask me again in the future and I might have like better tips on managing (laughs) high stress situations. All right, the next question. How does your family feel about all this? The lawsuit, the podcast, everything. Really great question. I um, am blessed, so, so blessed to have an amazing family. I do not deserve them. They are like angels, absolute angels in my life. They are so supportive and so kind and so generous with me. Like I I could talk all day about how amazing my entire family is. Um, So they're supportive with everything, the podcast, you know, the lawsuit, everything. They're always there for me. And I've said, you know, if someone isn't happy about this podcast, Like, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry they feel that way, but my intent isn't to harm anyone. My intent is just to be transparent and share information and create awareness and 
hopefully this leads to some degree of a community of support for people, you know, experiencing intense stuff, you know, grief, narcissistic parents, narcissistic, you know, partners, whatever, whatever the dynamic is, my intent is just to create a community. So if someone is, feels harmed by that, I'm really sorry, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to censor myself for someone else. So, you know, they're more than welcome to come on the podcast, set their own record straight, do whatever they want, you know, express themselves however they want, like I'm going to express myself however I want. So again, I don't intend to harm anyone, and I hope this doesn't, but if it does, you know, there's space, I'm giving, I will give space to that person to do what they want or feel is right to express, you know, their side or how they feel. Um, the next question is, can you tell us more about the whistleblower? And I just have to be honest, I don't think I really can or should at this time. I want to protect the whistleblower as much as possible because they exposed something very, very significant. There might come a time where their identity is shared. You know, I think the truth in anything will always come out at some point, but there are some things that I just simply don't want to risk someone's privacy, security. You know, I just don't want to risk anything with them. But I will say I'm very grateful for what they did, and I will do my best to protect them in this process. Although there are some realities that, you know, depositions could happen or, you know, anything. Sky's the limit with legal stuff, as I've learned. But my intent is to protect them as much as possible. So at this time, I'm not going to share any details around the whistleblower, but that could definitely change in the future. And I will be transparent about more things as time goes on. But as I said, this is ongoing. So it's a little hard to be fully transparent about all aspects of this case. Okay, let's see. What do we have? Um, it seems that you're trying to see what happened and you're not necessarily blaming the caregiver. You're not necessarily saying anything mean about them, but I find what they're doing very shady. When will something happen to them? That is a good question. And yes, my stance is I don't know this person. I've never met them. I can't speak to their personality or their character. All I have are the actions in front of me. And when you put all those pieces together, they do show odd behavior, questionable behavior. So my intent was to have a lawsuit just so a judge or, you know, attorneys can look at this behavior and figure out what exactly happened. So I want to be careful that I don't want harm to come to this caregiver. I really don't. But things do need to be looked at. There are odd behaviors here. It does need to be examined. And I will say that I... I am grateful for the caregiver for caring for a terminally ill person. I know they found my father dead the day he died, and I can't imagine the trauma of finding someone dead. So I really want to uplift that I have gratitude for them caring for my father, although there were red flags. <laughs> i got to be honest about that. But I'm not going to ever negate their trauma of caring for a terminally ill person and coming across their dead body, essentially. I will never negate that or take that away from them. And it's just one of those things where we have to dig and see what happened and figure it out. Figure it out. So when will something happen? If something will happen, I don't know. That's really not up to me. 
you know, that's up to the powers that be, that's up to the investigations, that's up to just how things will play out. So I really can't say anything, and I don't think it would be appropriate of me to say anything of that nature at this point. It is a good question. People look at this case, and it was amazing to me how many people have experienced something like this, where they had a caregiver that was behaving in strange ways or unethical ways, and it is very frustrating for people to see witness here without, you know, that sense of justice, that somebody did something wrong and there are consequences. And I don't disagree, but I'm in a place where we're still looking into things. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but all I will say is that there are shady behaviors and everyone agrees <laughs> there are shady behaviors um, any reasonable person would look at this and say, yeah, that's weird. That should be looked into. But I appreciate that. The next question, are you going to share receipts? And my answer, I apologize for cussing a little, but hell yeah, I'm going to share receipts. Um, my going through the process of redacting everything, because like I said, I do not want to expose anyone's identity. I do not want any harm to come to anyone through this. So I'm going through and redacting any identifying markers, you know, case numbers, and it's actually extensive. It takes a lot of time to do that, and I'll do it, and then I'll go back and read something and be like, oh, I missed, you know, blocking out this case number or whatever. So I'm working hard on redacting everything because I do want to protect the situation. I would like to protect everyone in it. Again, I don't want any harm to come to anyone, but I also felt strongly that it's time to have the conversation and start dialogue about these issues and I'm happy to post receipts. I want to. I'll be posting them on the website and Instagram because again I think it's important for people to see you know that a this is real. <laughs> this is a reality. These things are happening and you know this is what has been said. So I am definitely going to post receipts. I am a huge fan of Real Housewives. Anyone who knows me personally they all know I'm <laughs> I am the biggest Real Housewives junkie ever, so I live for receipts. I live for documentation of things, so I am eager to share the documentation. Just please be patient with me while I go through and redact everything to make sure there isn't any identifying markers, anything like that. So the last question that I'll answer today, has the caregiver ever said anything to you? And that was kind of an open-ended question. Um... Ultimately, not a lot. So she texted me once in, it was probably about 2016, 2017, saying that my dad was dying in the ICU. My father had a long history of a myriad of health issues. That will probably be touched on a lot in the podcast and shared a lot. I'm happy to share his medical records. Again, I will redact personal identifying markers, but happy to share that so people know the reality of how sick and vulnerable he was. Um, so there was that one time she said he was in the ICU and he was probably not going to make it. I did not respond to that text because I immediately just went to that hospital to see my dad. Um, and thankfully he pulled through. And then um, what happened after that? Let's see. I hadn't talked to her ever since then until my father died. And then there was that whole weirdness of the delay of telling me that my father had died. So she called me and left a voicemail and that was it. And then the next day she texted me something about my father's employer and I just double checked that my dad's attorney had the will and she said yes. And that was about it. 
like I said, there were so many red flags before that I did not want to engage in much information with this person or conversation. I just, you know, there was just so much and it was emotional. And I believe she texted me a couple times after that, but it seemed very odd to me, honestly. It seemed um, not genuine. And after the red flags and everything that was going on on my end and what I was experiencing with my dad's employer, just all those pieces, it just seemed odd. Uh, she, yeah, I think texted me about two times after that and it was just nothing, nothing really to note. Um, I'm happy to post screenshots, receipts. I will do that. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but ultimately, no, we've never had like a conversation. I've never met this person. A lot of people thought that was wild. <laughs> like, yeah, the whole thing's wild. So, you know, here we are. Um, but yeah, we've never really spoke, like aside from those texts and one phone call and then one text in 2016, we've never really said anything to each other. And she has not said anything to me after the lawsuit was filed, but I don't think, I don't think with the legal proceedings we can. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we have to talk through our attorneys now, as far as I know, and that's fine. And, you know, again, I really want to uplift that me and my attorneys, we're trying to work with these people. We're trying to work with her and her attorney, but they don't respond to us. So that's been difficult to try to get things resolved, get things looked at, work together, have some degree of resolution because I know everyone wants to move on with their lives, right? So it's hard when the other side just completely ghosts, doesn't respond, and yeah, and that's like, I guess one thing I can do is just have weekly lawsuit updates, which again, haven't heard anything. So it's been a challenge for my attorneys, and I'm very grateful for all the work that they're doing um, because these people are not making it easy for them. So with that, I will close. I really appreciate the questions and just the really sweet messages, everyone checking in. I'm just really grateful for all y'all. Like this has been, I didn't expect this kind of response. Um, I expected no one, <laughs> I expected no one would really listen, you know, um, maybe my mom. <laughs> so, but I'm really happy that it's resonating with people and it's helpful and it's creating this awareness and this community so i'm really looking forward to growing this i'm looking forward to connecting with you all and yeah keep the questions coming and we're posting on a weekly basis um if there's any specific part of the story that you're like i need an episode on that right now like we're happy to accommodate and thank you for your patience with us as we kind of figure out the technology part I don't know how to edit. I'm not editing. <laughs> if you know an editor, like hit me up. Um, so we're just learning and I appreciate the grace, the patience with us as we're learning the technology part. But with that, I will close. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I'm posting this on a Saturday. So I really hope you all stay safe and just hold your loved ones really tight. You never know what can happen. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a great weekend. Take care. Bye.